Hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. I'm so glad you joined me. Um, today we are going to uh, be in chapter 12 of Matthew. Um, for anybody that's new to the channel, here on this channel, we read the scripture together, we make sure we understand it in its context, and we make application to our lives. And I post a new video by uh, Wednesday of every week. So glad you joined me. So subscribe to the channel if you're inclined to. Give me a thumb up. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to ask in the comment section on uh, YouTube, on my YouTube channel, or either in the comment section on the Facebook page. Um, but anyway, like I said, last week <clears throat> we were in, um, we finished chapter 11. Chapter 11 is where John uh, talked about, um, John sent a message to Jesus because he was concerned uh, if Jesus was the one. Uh, John was in prison. We're talking about John the Baptist. He was in prison and just wanted to make sure uh, Jesus was the Messiah. So he had some questions for him. Uh, we also talked about last week how um, Jesus uh, who Jesus will condemn those who reject him. And we talked about how people who, I think we named uh, at least three cities where Jesus had uh, been preaching and talk and um, talking about the kingdom and sharing his truth and doing his miracles and his signs and wonders. And the people, the Jews still did not believe. And he pronounced woes on those cities and let them know it's gonna be worse for them than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, so we, um, we, we talked a little bit about that. And then we talked about how Jesus offered up a prayer uh, to his father, thanking his father that he had revealed himself um, not to the, the people that thought they know it all, uh, but he revealed his his wisdom and his uh, the kingdom to the, those that are humble. So today, uh, as I said, we're going to be in chapter 12. Chapter 12 is kind of long, so um, I'm just trying to be realistic. I think I'm just going to read uh, verses 1 through 21, and we'll discuss those verses and then the next week we will uh, finish chapter 12 because chapter 12 has how many? 50 verses and it's just a lot of information and I'm, I just, I know we're probably not going to get through it unless we rush through it and I just don't want to rush through it. Um, so let's just start with a word of prayer before we start in chapter 12. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you that we have an opportunity to study your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come in and be the teacher. Open up our eyes, our ears, our understanding, oh God. Father, I pray for everyone that's listening. Father, wherever they find themselves, Lord, that you would give them peace. Even over this holiday season, that they would have peace. Knowing, God, that you came here and died for us that you gave your life for us, that you love us so much with an everlasting love and that you care about each one of us, no matter where we are, no matter where we find ourselves. There's no place too, too low where you can't reach or too high where you can't get to. Father, I pray that you would touch the lives of all those that are listening, all those that will listen. Father, that they would know that you love them with an everlasting love. And that they would feel your, your drawing and your hand drawing them to yourself, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We ask you to bless our, our teaching tonight. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so we're going to start with um, chapter 12. And 
I do appreciate your prayers. I recently had death in my family. Um, one of my aunts passed away. Um, so I appreciate your praying for, uh, for the family um, as we uh, go through our time of grieving. So in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Um, we're going to go to chapter 12. As I said, we're going to read verses 1 through 21. Reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Verse chapter 12, verse 1, it says, At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were, were hungry, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only the, the, for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their, their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse, that they might accuse him? So it's not like it was a setup. Verse 11. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will not lay hold on it and lift it out? For how much then is it is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? Then said he to the man, stretch forth thy hand. I'm sorry, let's go back to 12. So how much then is a man better than a sheep? So he was asking them, isn't a man better than a sheep? And then he actually said emphatically, wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Verse 13. Then said he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a counsel against him, how they might destroy him. And when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will, be, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth judgment into victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. 
Amen. So we're going to stop there. Um, we might get further. I'm not sure, but I just want to stop there and just do those first uh, few verses. And I might read um, a some of this out of the New Living Translation for um, for more clarification. But let's just talk about, go back and talk about um, where we started, verse 1, where they're talking about the Sabbath. The Pharisees saw Jesus uh, saw Jesus' disciples picking and eating corn on the Sabbath day, and they accused them of breaking the law. So this is a big deal for the Pharisees because, and, and let me just re remind you that the Pharisees were not, and we've talked about this before, they started off okay because when the children of Israel went into captivity during those dark ages, um, when they went into captivity, the Pharisees saw that, that the people were, the Jews were getting away from the Bible. So they started a, a campaign to, you know, let's, let's stay with the Bible, you know, let's stay with the word. But the only problem is they got, they went overboard with it. Not only did they want, did they want to stay with the word, but then they start adding extra laws to the Bible and extra rules. So they got way out of hand and got very legalistic and start putting people under law when it comes to the word of God. So when you look at the Sabbath, uh, the Sabbath means a complete repose, R-E-P-O-S-E which means to rest or to sleep completely. It's like you just shut it down from your work, your occupation. Uh, according to Strong's, that's what it means. In the Zonderville's Bible Dictionary, it defines Sabbath as uh, meaning to desist, D-E-S-I-S-T, -E which means to cease or to abstain. So you're stopping something. You're resting, to decease, to rest. Uh, and it was a weekly day of rest and worship for the Jews. Now, where did this Sabbath come from? Because it was a law. We're going to read about that. The Sabbath day started from God's creation of everything. Remember, God took six days to um, when he was doing the creation, creating everything that he created, the light, the dark, the, the plants, the animals, the fish, and everything. When he got finished creating everything on the seventh day, and that's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So this is where the origin of having a Sabbath day comes from. So six days you're supposed to work and seven days you rest. According to the Zonderville's Bible Dictionary, the Hebrews originally looked at the Sabbath as a day of rest and worship divine favor, but they didn't have a whole lot of taboos on it when they originally, when it was originally instituted. Um, after the synagogues, remember I told you after the dark ages, when they started making synagogues because they couldn't get to Jerusalem, <clears throat> the, the Pharisees, they begin to develop, um, they begin to develop all these rules and regulations. But also during the synagogues, the Sabbath also became a place where they would study the law. Because remember, they couldn't get to Jerusalem, to the temple. So they made synagogues a place where they can study the word of God there. So in Exodus chapter 20, we're just doing some background information so you get an idea about where this Sabbath came, where it came from, where it originated. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, 
nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For six days the Lord made for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, or made it holy. So basically nobody was supposed to work on the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week. So if, if your week starts on Monday, that would mean Saturday would be the Sabbath day. In Exodus 35, 1 through 3, it says, Moses gathered all the Israelite community together and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. You are to work for six days, but the seventh day will be a holy day, a Sabbath of rest to honor the Lord. Anyone who works on that day must be put to death. On the Sabbath day, you must not light a fire in any of your houses. So the law, now remember, we're talking about legally, the law underneath the old order, the old covenant. Uh, if you did not honor the Sabbath day, you could be put to death. That's how serious it was. And we find that penalty also uh, in Numbers chapter 15, verse 32 to 36, where a person who did not deserve, did not observe the, the Sabbath was put to death. So this, this, it was, they weren't playing. When Moses put this law down, you know, uh, that's why we needed Jesus because they had some really, really strict laws they had to follow. Uh, the scribes and the Pharisees had added a lot of rules and laws. We talked about that, about what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath day. Uh, according to the Nelson Study Bible, the Pharisees had come up with 39 different rules about what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath day. Uh, it said the way, and the way the disciples saw the disciples were, when they talked about, when the Pharisees saw the disciples, picking this corn or, or grain, whichever one you call it. Some, some versions say they were picking corn. Some say they picked some of the grain. But um, the disciples were hungry in verse 2. But when the Pharisees said, well, in verse 1, at the time Jesus went on, on the Sabbath day through the corn. King James Version said they were going through the corn. And his disciples were hungry. And they picked the corn and they ate it. So they were eating the corn, but... The Pharisees saw it and said that they were harvesting corn. They felt like they were defiling the, the, uh, the Sabbath day because you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. But it simply said that they were eating the corn. So the Pharisees are being nitpicky. They're trying to find something that they can tag Jesus and his disciples with. And, and they seem like they're watching them like a hawk. So I don't know if they're, they're ducking down bushes trying to see what they're going to do or whatever. It's like, ah, they're eating corn. Yeah, we're going to get them for that. But... Um, that's what they were doing. So then in verse 3 and 4, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees by reminding them that David ate the holy bread in the temple that was just for the priest because he and his men were hungry. So Jesus reminded them, have you not read? Don't you know about how David, when he, him and his men were hungry, they went to the priest and they asked for some bread because they were hungry. And the only bread that the priest had was the holy bread that only the priest was supposed to eat. It was called the show bread. 
And the priest gave, allowed David and his men to eat the bread. And that was permissible. That was allowed. So Jesus is trying to prove a point to them. And in verse five, he said, and also, don't you know that the priests work on a Sabbath day? In the temple, there's still things that have to be done in the temple on the Sabbath day. And the priests continue to work on the Sabbath day. In verses uh, six to eight, he said, Jesus informed them that he is greater than the temple. And he informed them that he is Lord of the Sabbath. So he's trying to tell them, okay, because um, basically, like I said, the Pharisees started off trying to keep people in line and trying to make sure everybody stayed with the Bible. And then they got ridiculous. Then they got legalistic. And then they got, you know, added all these crazy rules to not just to the Sabbath, but to some of everything. They just, they just added rules to the Bible. Uh, you know, I like to say they hijacked the word of God and, and they start putting their own interpretation on things. Um, because it was a rule that you couldn't even walk, uh, so many feet away from your house on a Sabbath day. Um, and you know, the, the people start trying to get around it. They would, they would walk, uh, partially with their shoes on. I, I heard one commentator say, and then they would take their shoes off once they reached the limit and then they walked barefoot the rest of the way. So, you know, trying to, to beat the system that the Pharisees had set up for them. So anyway, there was a bunch of crazy stuff, um, that the Pharisees had set up for, God's people, rules that, that it was impossible to keep. So when we talk about this Sabbath, and I just want to uh, read to you uh, what I felt about the Sabbath. It says, under our new covenant, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Because he died on the cross, and when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. The work was done. The work was completed. So for us, every day should be a Sabbath rest where we're resting from our labor. We should not be laboring and striving. We should be resting in Jesus. A day, it's a day of rest because he did it all. Now I'm talking about under the new covenant. Under the old covenant, yes, they had to follow uh, the rules strictly. And if they didn't, they were killed. We're under the new covenant. Under the new covenant, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Jesus did it all. All to him I owe. It's the song we sing, all to him I owe. We just need to say yes to him and thank him for all that he has done for us. Isn't that liberating? It's like we don't have to strive. There's not a whole bunch of other stuff you have to do. Just rest in him. Jesus did the work for us. We only need to cease from our own labors, rest in him, worship him, and just get to know him better. Jesus, he just, he knows us so well, he did it all. He did it all for us. He said, you know what? These people are going to keep messing up. I'm going to have to help them out. And he helped us out. First of all, God helped us out by, by coming down to earth himself in the form of a man to, to walk around, to be just like us to suffer the things that we go through so that he can say he was like us, so we can relate to him. So he came down in the form of Jesus Christ as a man. All his divinity laid it down, hallelujah, that he might come down and liberate us and deliver us from our sin. It was all a part of his master plan. So then after he came down 
and died on the cross, took our place on the cross because he had to become sin for us. When he took our place on the cross, took on our sin, took on our punishment so that we will never have to suffer the punishment of sin. We never have to go to the cross because of what Jesus did. Then he, after three days, he rose from the grave, being triumphed, showing that he is victorious. And, and, and don't think that cross thing was a simple thing. Because for the first time, Jesus had to be separated from his father, whom he had not been separated for. He said, oh, I and my father are one. When you've seen me, you've seen my father. But in order to take our place, he had to become sin for us and die on that tree. And Jesus had, to, God had to turn his face to him because God cannot even look upon sin. So yes, for a brief period of time, God had to turn his face from his son and so when, when, when you talk about the Garden of Gethsemane, a lot of people think Jesus was, was upset because he didn't want to die and he wanted to go to the cross. Well, I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus was uh, travailing in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane saying, you know, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Not because he was going to die. He knew when he came to this earth, he came here to die for us. But I believe he was torn because now for the first time in his life, he was going to be separated from his father. His father was not going to be able to look at him because he was becoming sin for us. And the agony of that, father, is there any other way we can do it besides me being separated from you? Even for a brief moment, I don't want to be separated from you. And, and, and how do you know that that actually happened? Because on the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Jesus would not have said that if he did not feel forsaken and alone. He fulfilled his mission. He became sin for us. And God, for a brief moment, had to turn his head from his own son who had become sin for us. Oh, but it wasn't over because it was just for a brief moment. He, all this was in the plan for Jesus to die, take on our punishment, and God was going to resurrect him. So Jesus didn't have to trust the fact that God was going to resurrect him, that he was not going to be there. And you said, you will not leave my soul in hell or suffer me to see corruption. So God even resurrected him, kept his word and resurrected Jesus on that third day. And when he resurrected him on the third day, Jesus, we know he appeared to his disciples and showed them that he had been resurrected. But the, good, the, the other part about that is when Jesus ascended into heaven, he told them, I'm going to leave you a comforter. So God knew that Jesus knew everything that we needed. We can't even keep this law. We can't keep the Sabbath. So I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live inside you, to lead you and guide you. And he's going to lead you into all truth. Because if, it's, if we can't do it on our own, if we could have, we would have did it a long time ago. The Pharisees would have been able to do it, but they couldn't do it. But because he's living inside us now, it's not us doing it, but it's him that's doing it. So that's why we have this Sabbath rest. He is our Sabbath rest. Everything that he suffered and went through was just for us, just to bring us back to the Father, to reconnect us to the Father. And so the work is done. It is finished. So while we are on this earth, God will give us assignments and works to do. But we do what we do through him. Hallelujah. It's not you doing it. We have to recognize it's, 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 it's all by faith. It's by the faith of the son of God. He's working through us. It is still not of our strength because remember he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
because he carries it. If you find yourself being burdened down and beat down with something that you're doing, check yourself and see if you're trying to do it within yourself. Because you need to give that thing to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to take over. I need you to do this for me because I can't do it by myself. Amen. And with the Sabbath, I'm just going to say this about the Sabbath and we're going to, we're going to pass on, on that. But we are, we're not under the law. We're under grace. But personally, I believe that uh, we should take at least one day off out of the week to refresh ourselves. If, if Jesus had, if Jesus, uh, if God was not tired when he created the heaven and earth, but he set an example for us. Okay, work six days and rest the seventh day. And if you can't do it on Saturday, if you can't rest on Saturday, then make another day out of the week your, your rest day. But you need to take care of yourself and rest. You know, I told somebody once that, you know, we have um, pajama days. And, and, you know, and there's no no shame or no harm in that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a pajama day. But in a pajama day, that's a day where you just shut down. When I used to work, I'm retired now, but when I was working, um, I would have occasionally just have a pajama day. And, you know, take your, take your shower, put your pajamas back on, and just, just chill out. And you'll be surprised how refreshing that is and how that refreshes you. So, like I said, we're not legally under the law. You're not going to be uh, stoned or killed because you don't keep the Sabbath. But it's for your own good that you that you allow yourself to rest at least one day out of the week. Amen. But also for the Sabbath, remember that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Amen. He is the one that died for us, said it is finished on the cross, and he is our rest. Now, I actually expected to get a little further than that, but that's where we're going to stop today. Amen. So um, anybody out there that's listening that have not uh, accepted Christ into your heart, uh, please accept him today. Uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, there was death in my family, and thank God my aunt knew the Lord. And, and when, when a saint passes away and, and uh, goes on to be with the Lord, there is, it's bittersweet because you, you, you want to see them again. You know you're not going to see them again, but you're excited because you know they're with Jesus. You know they're with the Lord. So, you know, I want that for everybody that's even listening. Know where you're going. Know, you know, know that if something happened to you today, you've given your heart to the Lord and you're going to go straight to be with Jesus. Like he told the thief on the cross, he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Amen. So God has a place that he wants to prepare for you, but make sure you're, you're, you're in the ark of safety. So go to my channel, read through the Bible with Ellen Linda on my YouTube channel. And there's a playlist. And on this playlist, uh, there's two videos, one called The Sinner's Prayer. And in The Sinner's Prayer, it'll, it'll teach you uh, why you need Jesus. It'll explain to you why you need Jesus. And uh, it'll lead you to Christ. And also there's another uh, video on there on that same playlist, Sinners, uh, The Sinner's Prayer, called Teaching About Salvation. And this video will teach you all the scriptures you need to know about your salvation. Because sometimes we just don't even understand why do I need to be saved. So this, this video will teach you all that. Amen. So please give your heart to the Lord because tomorrow is not promised. Amen. God loves you. Uh, and we're going to close in prayer with that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, O oh God, that you are our Sabbath rest. We thank you, O oh God, that we are new creation, that we're under the new covenant, O oh God. 
Father, we thank you, Lord God. Show us how to take care of these bodies, Lord God. Show us that we do need a day of rest, Lord Jesus. Father, that, that if we can't rest on a, on a Saturday, Lord God, that we will find time to rest these bodies, to rejuvenate ourselves, oh God. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that we're no longer under the law, but we're under your grace. But we also thank you that you are our Sabbath. You are our rest. And we give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, and I will see you next week.